are listening to the Sermon Podcast from Real Life Moscow Campus, reaching the world for Jesus one person at a time. Hello, my name is Josh Gray. I'm the executive pastor here at Real Life, and I am honored to be with you. How is this fabulous 10 o'clock service feeling? Feel the excitement. You're like, yes, the last one in our financial series. I have to deal with that for a whole nother year. It's like, see you guys next year. No. No. Guess what we're going to have next, next, uh, next week? You're still going to get a bill next week. You're still going to get hopefully paid next week unless you work for the government. No, never mind. Oh, bad joke. That was a bad joke. Uh, but uh, you're still going uh, to uh, have bills and finances and all those things. And so what you choose to do with what has been shared over the last uh, four weeks uh, can dramatically impact and affect what your financial life looks like. If you're already being awesome with your finances, Great, we need mentors and leaders and people that are willing to teach and, and, and share that with other folks. If you've been challenged by this uh, series and you're like, all right, I'm gonna make some changes, we wanna journey that journey with you. Do you know, uh, some of you guys like saw these cards again. So what if you're just like, darn it, I missed this card because I was offered the chance to uh, be a, a, a faith challenge for 90 days and tithe the full tithe. You know, we had 57 families fill out this card. At 30s, 30-something of them were for the first-time tithers. They're like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try this thing out. And so really proud of our church. This is a, a generous church. We get to do a lot of awesome things uh, through your generosity. You get to do lots of awesome things through your generosity. And that's really what the first sermon series was about, was about generosity and the first sermon in this series. And what does it look like to be generous? And Aaron had told a story about his kids and giving them money to, to go out and, and have the heart and the mindset of generosity because that is who we should be called by. We should be called and viewed as generous because we happened to got this, this, we didn't get a t-shirt when we said we were Christians. We got God's name. And when he gave you his name, you are acting in behalf of him. And so when people view you, do you want them to view God as a generous God? A God that's helpful, a God that, that helps and does things? Or do you want to be, be viewed as a stingy person? And that's what your God is. He's really stingy, right? And so we show off our God by our generosity and how we function. Then we talked about debt. And that was the one where we had Paul Hansen up here. Uh, and we had the circles, if you guys remember the circles that were up here, the saving circles. And there was most of the people that we, he meets with that are in circle A that spend everything first. And then at the end of the month, you're like, darn it, I should save. I'm going to be broke when it comes to retirement. And then they try and save a little bit. And then he drew up another circle and he called it circle B. And he talked about organizations and people in general. And then circle B was the circle that would save on the front side and then spend after they got their, you know, they had this bill called themselves on the front side that they don't really get to access. And then as Christians, we believe there's a tithe on the top of that. So there's a tithe and there's savings. And so remember that, that sermon series, if you missed that one, you might want to go check that one out because you want to be in the circle B, not in the circle A, okay? Um, and then last week, Aaron talked about contentment. And we talked about Solomon and we talked about uh, wives and concubines and horses and this appetite for more and not being within, being content with what God has given you. And I heard a story this last week uh, that kind of broke my heart about maybe a lack of contentment. There was a, a, a gentleman whose big business goal was to like make a million dollars, make a million dollars like a year in business. And he accomplished this goal and he was doing quite well financially. And then the next goal that he had was I'm going to make $10 million a year in business. And he accomplished this goal 
and made $10 million. And his identity and everything that became about him, it sounds like, became about this next goal of, of the next thing and the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And so his next goal was to make $100 million in business. And he was so tied to that goal and so tied into it. And when he failed at that goal and his world went into bankruptcy, the contentment, the lack of contentment was so great in his heart that he took his own life. And it's not wrong to want or strive or move towards things as God moves you. And it's not, you know, to, to, it's not wrong to think of nights or things or one of those things, but it's all in perspective, Right? It's the perspective of whose is it? Who are we serving? Are, we, are you serving your own goals, your own dreams, your own things, or are you serving God's the things of God? And how would you know what the things of God are? You would know by his text. So this week, we're talking, uh, finishing off the series with uh, tithe. And uh, tithe simply means 10%. That's what the word means. So you're like, I, yeah, I give, I give a partial tithe. You can't give a partial tithe. Tithe is 10%. You can't. You can't 5%, 10%. You can't triple step a double stamp, Lloyd. Oh, a couple of Dumb and Dumber fans. We should talk about that. That's not an appropriate movie. Um, it's not an appropriate movie for you to see. No. Uh, but you, you, so you can't 5%, 10%. Does that make sense? So the word tithe means 10%. So thanks for coming, guys. And I'll see you next week. Right? And so let's dive into our text here, see what God has to say about some of these things. We're in Proverbs 3, 1 through 10. and says, my son... Do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart, for they will prolong your life and a life many years and bring you peace and prosperity. I had an opportunity this week to see prolonging your life at the highest level. Um, unfortunately, my dad's in the hospital uh, in Spokane. Uh, his name is Al. You can pray for him. He has a bad infection in his leg. But as I spent a fair number of hours there in the emergency room and different places, uh, going to different tests with my dad. I, I just saw and observed all the things that we are doing to prolong our life. And there was a gal that was wailing in the emergency room when it didn't work for her loved one. That life was not prolonged. And you think about all the things that we do and think about to prolong our life, like the amazing fitness that we try and uh, keep ourselves in shape. Like when you think of physical fitness, I know I'm one of the first things that comes to mind. And so uh, the, the vitamins that we take, all those things, all the things, because we want to prolong our life. And there's all of these worldly things that we should be doing, right, to prolong our life in a sense, to eating healthy and representing things well. But like, what does God say prolongs your life? He says that if you keep uh, the commands in your heart, they will prolong your life for many years and bring you peace and prosperity. Do not forget the things of the Lord that will prolong your life. He says, let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Your love and faithfulness for who? your love and faithfulness to who? Then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him. Submit to him and he will make your path straight. 
Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Who are you allowing into your life? So you're not wise in your own eyes. Young folks, where have you found a mentor that has probably gone down that path that you're going down in life and that could help you see mistakes that maybe they made and they're willing to do that and they're opening their life to you, trying to show that to you. Folks who have a little wisdom or a little age to them, where are you available to seek out young folks that could benefit from your wisdom? Where are we not wise in our own eyes and our finances? Where are we not wise in our own eyes and the understanding of the text? Where are we not wise in our own eyes and the understanding of where our marriages are? All of those pieces of the puzzle. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. Honoring the Lord with your wealth. So as I'm kind of uh, researching this out this week, you do what every good pastor does. You read your text about tithing and all those other things. And then you go to Google afterwards. So I Googled, I put in the word tithe and I Googled it. And there were 14,300,000 results on the word tithe. I was like, I don't have enough time to get through those. So I'm going to really narrow this down and I'm going to go a whole click over to video. And there was 542,000 videos about tithing. So I started making my way through. <laughs> I threw the first page. No, I threw the first page. And it's all about these arguments about like, is that Old Testament, New Testament? Should I tithe? Not I tithe. You know, where do you give it? Don't give it. Who do you give it to? Don't give it. Those guys will waste it. Are you sure? And a lot of angry folks. But nobody's fighting for like, you know, the tithe's not enough. We should do more. Nobody's fighting for, for those things. It's all the debates about who's doing what with the money and all those things. It's not about how to be more generous. And where the Lord took me this week as I started this, I was like, well, I'm feeling pretty good about this because I don't know if you know this, but I am a more than tither, Lord. So it's be pretty easy. I don't know what you could possibly convict me on this week because I'm a more than tither. And then the Lord started taking me to some other areas in my life. And he started asking me about some other 10% in my life. And started asking me about, about the, what am I giving him in regards to my Bible time? What am I giving him in regards to my prayer life? How's that working, Captain Tither? So we had some discussions. I digress. Let's jump back into the text here. Um, it's so much easier to go back here than to keep talking about what I was going to talk about. Um, Exodus 23, 16 through 19, celebrate the festival of harvest with the first fruits, first fruits, okay, of the crops you sow in your field. Celebrate the festival and gathering at the end of the year when you gather in your crops from the field. Three times a year, all the men are to appear before the sovereign Lord. Do not offer the blood of a sacrifice to me along with anything that contains yeast. Not into yeast, apparently. The fat of my festival offerings must not be kept until morning. Well, order, timing, preference. Bring the best. Bring the best of the first fruits of your soil to the house of the Lord your God. 
By the way, do not cook a young goat in its mother's milk. Wait a minute. Okay. So that needs to be addressed. It's not really the topic, but it needs to be addressed here. Do not cook a young goat in its mother's milk. So here's what that took me to. This is for you guys to feel free to investigate this week on your own. Took me to Deuteronomy 14, 21, and then to Leviticus 17, 15, and then to Leviticus 22, 8, and then to Exodus 23, 19 again. And that is why you don't get a cheeseburger when you're in Israel. Has to do with dairy and meat together, and it's ran all the way. So you're like, hey, where's the cheeseburger? Everywhere you go. When you go to Israel on a tour, you're not going to get milk and meat in the same meal. Still to this day, they honor that. There's more in depth in there, but I'm not going to go there because that seems like more of a Jewish conversation and we have people that talk about that stuff. So, um, but all that being said, the first fruits, the first fruits, and it's a reminder in my mind of, you think about it, whose is this? Whose dollars are these? In Psalms 24, it says, uh, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, Uh, the world and all who live in it. The next breath you're going to take is given to you by the almighty creator. So whose stuff is it? We've already won by being in America. If you're the poorest person in here, you're the wealthiest person in many, many, many respects throughout throughout the world. Like you don't have to fight for food, like physically fight. Right? You don't have to carry water for 10 or 15 uh, miles to your little kids so they're going to not have fresh water or not, not be able to have good water. All those things. So uh, we've been pretty blessed already, but whose is it? Look at Malachi. As I, the Lord, do not change, so you, the descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed. Ever since the time of your ancestors, you have turned away from my decrees and have not kept them. Return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. But you ask, how are we to return? Will a mere mortal rob God? Yet you rob me. But you ask, uh, how are we robbing you? In tithes and offerings. You are under a curse, your whole nation, because you are robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, see, uh, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be enough room, room enough for you to store it. I will prevent pests from devouring your crops and the vines of your fields will not drop their fruit and, uh, before it's ripe, says the Lord Almighty. Then all the nations will call you blessed for yours will be the delightful land, says the Lord Almighty. So I want to ratchet this down into a, a couple pieces of it for tithe. So first of all, tithe means 10%. And you can argue where it goes, who it goes, who should get it. Here's what I want you to really know about that 10% when it comes to money. It's not yours. It needs to exit your hands and go somewhere that will serve the Lord well. So when I was in between churches, I can't remember if I got kicked out of a church or whatever, but I was in Montana. That could be the possibility. I have been asked to leave before. Um, but I was in between churches, but I knew this principle of tithing. And I knew, and I was making good money in the insurance business then. I was, whew, killing it, loved it. And so I had a big check and I was excited to get rid of it. You know why? Because I knew it wasn't my money. So even when I was in between or if I was mad at my pastor or whatever, uh, those things, it's time, to, that's not my money. 
And having that piece of the puzzle in your life to know that that first 10% is not your money. And I couldn't wait to get rid of it. And there was a horrible thing that happened to some little girls got hit by a car and it was a funeral fund. And I was like, good enough. The Lord and I can talk about if I did that correctly. uh, But that sounds like a good cause that I should give to. So even between the churches. And so to think about this in your life is the tithe is not your money. It needs to leave you the first 10%. And God's really specific about that because he keeps mentioning the word first fruits. And when I think about first fruits, I think about the, the, the front side of things. And I don't even think about it right now. Like this week, he wasn't beating me up. Uh, not beating me up. I was beating myself up as a realization of what God has for me. But he said, Josh, how are the first fruits? Am I getting the first fruits of your prayer life? So great, I've got the first fruits of your money. Am I getting the first fruits of your prayer life or am I getting the leftovers of your prayer life? Am I getting the first fruits of our time together in my word? I know you're reading God's word and studying things because you have to teach it, but what about me and you? Like you, you're like paid to, to do this. What about our time together, Josh? Is it... The time that you're given to the Lord, is that the, the time that's the leftovers where you're sitting there and you finally you get to bed and you're like, darn it, I'm a Christian. And, and a Christian's supposed to read the Bible, so I'm going to read the Bible. Whew. In the beginning, God. I think that's what I sound like. Anyway, are you giving him the leftovers of your time in the text? He has a problem with the leftovers. He wants the first fruits. He wants your best. And it might be because he absolutely gave us his best. When you give your one and only begotten son and you offer that as a sacrifice, think about that in here, moms and dads. And what you offered it for, people gave you leftovers. How do you feel about that? He doesn't want the leftovers. That's why it's in an order. That's why it makes sense in order. He wants the best that you have, not just with your money. Not, not, just, not just in your prayer life, not just in the text. He wants your best because he gave his best. We see it again in a story with, uh, with, in Genesis with Cain and Abel. And I'll summarize this. So uh, Adam and Eve did marital things, had two children. Um, and they had Cain and Abel. And Cain and Abel were out working in their fields. And then they were coming in and they came in to give a sacrifice. And um, Cain, uh, Cain gave a sacrifice that was just, it says in here, it says, uh, let's see. Uh, Cain brought some, some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. Some of the fruits, some stuff as an offering to the Lord. And Abel also brought an offering, fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. Does the Bible have a lot to say about the firstborn? Is that a pretty important uh, connotation about the firstborn? He gave me his best. Who else gave their firstborn? Who else gave it all? 
And so God had a problem with the offering in a sense. And then Cain got mad. And so he killed him because his brother's offering was more accepted than his. And there we go. The beginning of our story, right? And so what I think about is the leftovers. And that's what I've been convicted with this week is the leftovers of my life. I remember the first time that we had uh, Marty and Becky Solomon over to our house. I had liked his teachings and I was new at the church here and I was like, this is pretty cool. We're going to have him over for dinner and stuff. When he came over for dinner, I didn't like, hey, yeah, we got some leftovers in the fridge. You go ahead and just pick what you want to eat. That's just what I got left. I had a steak for him. And we actually had like real like silverware and plates and stuff. And like, I don't think we used our fine china, but it would have been cool to see that again because we see that about once every six years, you know, seven years. But it's my fault. My wife wants to do it. I don't want to. But uh, but we had like a real plate for him. And here's the thing. When you invite Marty over, here's something you need to be careful of is because he has some Jewish habits, right? So what he really loves is if you'd really burn his steak. It needs to be like rock hard black, no blood in it. But I didn't know that. And so he was suffering through this delicious, juicy, medium rare steak and not even looking up and his beard flying just, just juice everywhere. And I was like, man, he kind of eats like an animal. And then later I found out that he was hurrying up and eating it because that's the way he actually likes the steaks, but he can't have it. But it would be rude if you served it to him differently and he would have to say like, I can't eat that. So he just chowed it down. But here's the point. I am giving them leftovers at the time we're giving them our best. And that's what I would say to you as you evaluate your life with your finances. Yes, we're talking a financial series. Tithe means 10%. Gross or net, I don't care. It's not your money. You pick. But it should leave you. And it should leave you before, it shouldn't be the leftovers. It shouldn't be what's left. It should be first. Because that takes a step of faith. And wherever you function well in your prayer life, that should, be, that should be pretty high up there. And wherever you function well in reading God's text to be as open and receiving of that text, that should be a, 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 not a leftover time slot either. Am I making any sense about leftovers in here? Because I really feel like that's what God is saying. He doesn't want you. I didn't give, he didn't give us his leftovers. He doesn't want us to give him just the leftovers of life. Rabbi Jonathan Sachs said, the privilege of wealth is not in what it allows us to do for ourselves, but in what it enables us to do for others. So he says something interesting on the front side of that. He calls wealth a privilege. You do not have a right to be wealthy. And our definition of wealth is quite different than other people's definition of wealth. Some people's definition of wealth is that their bathroom, their hole in the ground is, 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 is really close to their house so they don't have to walk a half mile to go to the bathroom and that's why they're wealthy. They might even have two holes in the ground. Like, look how wealthy I am. Their def- definition of wealth is they may live closer to a water source and they may not have to struggle as hard to get the basics of life. You know, our definition of wealth is I don't have an iPhone, I have a Samsung or something whatever, or vice versa. It's a different definition of wealth. So wealth is a privilege, right? And when God gives you this privilege where you're not just about survival for yourself, it comes with with responsibility. And it comes in responsibility is what are we able to do for others and why would we want to do cool things for others? 
because we want to show off who our God is. And our God has done some pretty cool things for us. Amen? Anybody feel privileged in here? Right? And do we need mission trip? We need to all go on a mission trip somewhere and see how privileged we are? We're blessed beyond belief. We're trying to figure out which car we're going to drive, not how far the walk is. Right? And so when we think about this, like, what does this mean? Don't give him your leftovers. He did not give us his leftovers. And speaking of, of, of what he gave us, let's go ahead and enter in a time of communion. So if you're serving communion, I'd love for you to head back there and we'll get those passed out. We hold it all together. We have an open table. You have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You believe in him. You believe in the sacrifice that you get. We're going to hold that and take it together. Do you know we had, I think, seven or eight people get baptized on Thursday night? Boom. I know. You're like, I should have been here on Thursday night. I know. Some of you were, right? Super cool. How exciting is that? The seven or eight people are like, I'm either re-upping or I'm in. And for me, a lot of times with communion during this time, I have to re-up. So I've got this information that the Lord has shared with me as I studied this week and I gave it to you. You get to do what you will with that. But like where in your life are you giving God the leftovers? And does he deserve it? And if he doesn't, what are you going to do about it? So in your home groups this week, you're going to get some awesome chances for some questions and to uh, chat about this. Would we all agree that keeping God's commands means loving others well, being faithful, and trusting God? It's a setup question. Yes. What about money makes it so hard to add to that list? And let's say you're part of the 2% in here that that's not the problem. You got the money thing figured out then what's the next thing? You can, you can add the next thing in there. The, what about money makes it hard to add to that list? What about X makes it uh, hard to add to that list? When Proverbs 3 adds it to the list, how do you respond to that? Second one. When you do tithe, do you tithe the first tenth of your income? For many of us, we are giving God's things, but not giving him God's way. He is very strict about order. He wants to know that, that he's got, you got him first. No leftovers. What do you think might be different if he changed the way that you give? We love a story. Uh, we love a story filled with picking ourselves up and making ourselves the hero. And you think about in Malachi in that text there, who's the hero in there? The hero is God. God wants to, to, to pour out blessings upon you and have you, he's asking you to not rob from him in tithes and offerings and he doesn't want you to miss out on the precious prayer time that he has for you. He's got things he wants to say to you this week. Are you, are you in a spot where you're able to receive it? He's got places in his beautiful text that he wants to take you this week. Are you gonna be awake enough to get it? He's the hero of our story. So as you live your life, who's going to be the hero of the story? Where do you point to? Fourth one, what do you think about Jonathan Sachs' quote? If you believe that, what would change about how you're stewarding your money right now? It's the privilege of wealth is not in what it allows us to do for ourselves, but in what it enables us to do for others. Tithes and offerings. So tithe is the 10 percenter goes away, 
dollars-wise, I think you should consider your time. What does that look like? Like not either or. Well, I give my time instead of my money. Well, I give this instead. No, it's, 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 it's both and. So if I'm awake for 16 hours, do I give 10% of my time to the Lord? Where does that look like? How am I giving my time, which is a beautiful treasure, right? And offerings are over and above. Those are just needs you see that you feel because you're a generous person outside of this tithe. I remember I was telling my uh, group a couple weeks ago about this time. I was a really broke insurance guy, had two kids at home. And I remember this really clear because my first job at Real Life in Post Falls was to go around the auditorium and greet people and kind of stand there. And I would just be like, hi, how you doing? Moving that thing. It was a pretty high, high-end job. And uh, first job, unpaid. I was working in insurance. And I remember I was sitting there and I was back there and this missions team came up and they were really pushing and hurting for this missions team. And they were trying to send this missions team off to, uh, I think it was Mexico, to build churches, something awesome like that. It was cool. It was really cool. And I remember standing back there and I was like, oh yeah, that'd be cool. And yeah, I sure wish I was doing better financially because I'd really like to give to that. And I remember pretty crystal clear that God said, you need to give $500 to that. (laughs) You don't understand God. I have like $833 and several cents in my checking account today. I have two kids at home. I have a wife and I'm a broke, incompetent insurance guy at this point. Yeah, you're supposed to give $500 to that. I have no idea what the sermon was. I, have, I, was, I, had, I was just back there. I'm just pacing back and forth. Lord, are you, that's probably not the Lord, right? I didn't hear that. That wasn't the Lord that told me to give to that. Because like, that doesn't make financial sense that I would. Like I, my rent's $850. I have $833 in my account. I'm a commission guy. Like, so that, but that's a lot of money. 500 bucks is a lot of money. And then I started worrying about how I was going to tell my wife that I gave away $500. (laughs) The offering of that had nothing to do with money. It had everything to do with being obedient and being faithful. And can you possibly imagine what my next week of insurance was like? Hi, I'm Josh Gray. How you doing? Yeah, we've been thinking about buying long-term care insurance. Oh, great. Hi, I'm Josh Gray. Yes, hi. We were wondering if we could invest a couple hundred thousand dollars with your company. Hi, I'm Josh Gray. We need, we need health insurance. That's like, I couldn't miss. Like, I just, I'd just walk in and there's like, here, 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 here. And you know what? My needs were met. Being obedient to what God has for you. Doesn't matter. I don't, that's not a story to edify me because I was dumb and foolish and the Lord still protected me. But are you willing to follow him? Are you willing to chase him? Because he didn't give us leftovers, amen? He gave us his absolute best. So let's take his absolute best together. Jesus took the bread and he said, take this and eat, this is my body. And then he took this cup saying, drink from it, all of you. This is the blood of the covenant. Lord, um, let your words marinate, Lord. What you want your people to hear, Lord, make it just stick out. Help me to follow through and be obedient on things that you've asked me to do this week. Grant me wisdom and favor, Father. 
for the steps that I take. Lord, I don't want, I don't want to give you my leftovers. I want to give you my best, and I know that you absolutely gave me your best. You gave me your only. You gave me your only and your best. Lord, help us just to move to whatever level we need to move to. If it's about tithing and money, great. If it's about our, our time with you and prayer, great. If it's about how much time we spend on the text and where we position you in our lives, Lord, let us put you in front. You are, let us give you the first fruits, the absolute best that we have. You do not deserve the leftovers of any piece of our lives, Father God. Lord, we praise you. We thank you. You are an amazing God. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for checking out this message from Real Life on the Palouse. You can find out more about us by visiting us online at liferotp.com and connecting with us on Facebook and Instagram. Until next time, have a great week.